Welcome back to the DIC podcast for 2020. My name's Nathan, and together with Boris, we'll be bringing today episode nine in, this, in the podcast series for this year. We've got a special guest joining us, um, but first of all, uh, let's get into it, eh? Let's do it. Boris, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. I, uh, as... Well, you're, you're better now. I'm, I'm, yeah, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm much better now. But um, two, two Mondays ago, I think it was the 6th, yeah. I, uh, I came off of my bike because I was riding in the wet. I probably shouldn't have been. I was on my bike on the way to work in the wet yeah. and I just slid out, apparently. I don't remember much. But yeah, so you got, you, you got to work. You, you rode did, to work. I did. I kept riding to work somehow. Probably not you my smartest have, move. You, you can't remember how you got to work. No, no, I cannot. Gee. Well, I, I know I rode. Yeah. Um, there's, footage, there's footage luckily it happened behind the art center and someone from the art center was kind enough to kind of describe the uh what the events before during and after to me he couldn't oh, wow. give me the footage because of privacy laws but joe d'angelo special shout out to joe d'angelo was kind enough to kind of get me on the phone and and just talk me through it to see if it jogged any of my memory it didn't <laughs> i still don't remember yeah, okay. um, but it was nice of him to tell me i was gone from south bank that's my commute up south bank behind the out center up to St. Kiel Road and then I just go up Swanson Street to work. Yep, yep. And I was going from South Bank. I turned right behind the art center. I believe it's Southgate Ave. Yeah. Uh, there was a car blocking the pavement. So I had to go up the street a bit and then I just went up the curb, like through the driveway up the curb. And apparently as I was doing that sort of road to pavement, my mm. front wheel slid out and he... Joe uh, said he, there wasn't a good angle, so he couldn't see if I hit the curb and then my wheels sort of slid out, flung out or yeah, slid yeah. out or what exactly happened. But um, yeah, my front wheel just slid out on me and, and I was clipped in. So my body went right uh, and my head went left and made contact with the ground, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. um, you're okay now, obviously. I'm, I'm fine. No, no serious injuries. And my body, like neck down, I'm fine. A few scratches on my hand. Yeah. Um, my face is all healed now. It's fine, minus the, the fractures. Uh, but I'm fine. Just soup, soup for six weeks, and, and I'm back to running. So that's couple up and goes. Yeah, no, it yeah, could be worse. Bit of up but and go, a bit of yogurt. My eyes, like my eyes, are a bit bloodshot, but it's it's totally fine. So I dodged a dodged a pretty big bullet in that one. Lucky, lucky, mate. Well, very, yeah. very, very lucky. Rest you, up. You, you can barely see the scratches on my helmet. I don't know. I don't know what good it did. It obviously mm. obviously did some good because I got I don't have any brain bleeding or no, but a couple like of just, just, just a bit of couple know, of fractures to your cheekbone, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I just fractured my cheekbone in three spots. It's called the oh, it's Z a word starting with Z, zygomaticolomery. Oh. Like that. There's going to be someone in medicine listening to this just Sounds rolling dice. Right. George Miller might head. listen to this. Or... Yeah. George would probably be rolling his eyes <laughs> back his head as he hears me hack my way through that. But it's right. essentially it's the, the bone structure that makes up your cheekbones. And I fractured yeah. it uh, to the left of my left eye near my eyebrow, underneath my left eye, um, and then also near my jaw. But luckily, I got away with not having to have any surgery or anything like that. Just have to take it easy for a couple of weeks and have some soup and I'm fine. So no well, damage to the eye. That's a big one. Yeah, very good. lucky. Broke it, broke the two bones around my eye, and luckily no damage. Your eye's so. good. Don't oh, well, wear glasses. 
still got to wear glasses as my sister kindly pointed out to me i said oh you know my vision's perfect and she said no not quite you still got glasses to wear so yeah that's all right glasses are are a small thing in these days yeah anyway more positive nate you uh you had your biggest week in what about three years yeah you're still feeling good i can't remember the last time i um i clicked over 80k this week so i hit hit 82 um did a 25k long run today so i'm I'm doing all right. I'm sort of hitting my straps a bit and just enjoying getting out and um, getting a good block of training. And while there's sort of no races on to, to worry about, I'm, I'm uh, training well. So um, another week down. Yeah, another week done. Another bit of fitness gained. Yeah, and we'll just, yeah, we'll wait and see when races come on. But um, a few um, few child trials uh, on my own in my suburb, uh, which we'll get to in a moment, yeah, will we'll we'll be on that. the cards. But um, we've got some exciting news, though, for the club, which is um, very, very exciting news. Very fresh off the press. Um, let there be light. Uh, we're looking at <laughs> looking at finally getting the upgrade to the lighting um, at the Tom Kelly Athletics track. Um, we've hope well, we've got a, a grant approved, a recent grant of two hundred fifty thousand um, from Sport and Rec. Uh, that that's going towards um, some of the other funds we've had to 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 go towards yeah the the overall lighting upgrade to the track so that's just been received this week and um, there's there's been a, a countless countless amount of work of the people uh, behind the scenes to try and get this through from the wider committee and um, everyone involved so shout out to those people they know who who they are and um, right. hopefully we can get the the lights um, to the track soon. Yeah, months or, or years even of work have gone into getting this done. So this is it's gonna always be, it's going to be pretty special when it comes yeah. to fruition. It's it's always sort of been on the cards and it, it's been sort of on the high alert for the last sort of six months. And um, yeah, I think the last hurdle's been jumped to to get it there. So uh, I believe the the funds or the council is going to go through a tender process, an open yeah. tender. So people will supply their price and they'll work through that and we'll get it through and, and, and yeah. get it done. So um, something that I think the tracks, you know, been wanting for, for years. I mean, um, it costs, costs a lot of money between sort of five and $600,000 to get it done. To Not cheap. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's just the track as well for the record that doesn't um, yet at this stage, the throws area at, at, at this, this stage. stage. Yeah. We'll see the, what the tenders come through at. Correct. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get the, the track up to competition standard, which looked at along with hopefully getting a, a track resurface in the next couple of years. That'll really hold us in good stead to hold some really good high-end competition at Doncaster because I think, you know, short of short of Albert Park or, you know, we're biased, but Albert um, at, down at Tom Kelly Athletics track is, um, is if not the best track in Victoria. So once we get those lights track. done, right. yeah. Um, there's no stopping us. So no, that's um, straight off the press. And um, again, w- well done to everyone involved. Yeah, very exciting. It's um, it is a shame though that with these new restrictions in place that we can't train. And there's a whole lot of new mm. guidelines that were uh, given out now. Even even today of us recording this on the 19th of July, yeah, um, well, we I mean, urge everyone to get just to get around all the new rules. There's because yeah. there's a lot of big changes that have been made. Asvik have sent something out to everyone, um, I believe. I got the text yep. linking me to the document. Um, there's a whole lot of new rules for coaches, elite athletes, athletes, you know, depending on whether you're part-time or full-time coach. There's 
there's there's a whole lot of new rules that we can't exactly go through all of them just because it's quite extensive but we just urge you to make sure on top of that yeah all the rules just take the time to read through the document properly one we will highlight one you change um which will be actioned wednesday uh what date is that wednesday the 22nd at midnight um everyone in metropolitan melbourne and mitchell shire will have to wear a face covering they have said that it won't be required uh while running however they have highlighted the need for you to still have a face covering on you Mm. so we recommend running with just maybe a bandana around your arm or just around your neck just to make sure you're still ticking the box of having that face covering option with you you just you don't want to run the risk of of getting a fine or, or doing anything like that the fine's 200 dollars it's just not worth it so no. just be extra careful um, and that goes on top of the current rules as well or the current recommendations sorry where they highly recommend you to stay within your suburb yeah within reason uh for exercise and for shopping so just everyone let's just be really careful and um, make sure we're around all these new rules yeah, and, and the rules are changing. Obviously, we, we did a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago now, every fortnight, and, and look, we were sort of coming out of lockdown and um, That's right. trying to get That's back right. to, to, to normality, and it's gone back the other way. So, look, lockdown 2.0 is not great at all, and the, the cases keep going up. So we really just need to button down the hatches and um, and work through to get get through this so um you know we still advise all of our members and listeners to get out there and uh do what they can in terms of running and exercise i think it's good for for your mind as well obviously yeah yeah, staying fit and healthy and 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 we can still run you know obviously we're we've had to shut down the track and um we're just back up and running we're sort of four or five weeks at the track there and um it's been pulled from beyond us but look we we are doing what we need to do and as uh, as a state as well to try and get through this so uh we're we're abiding by all that we'll be back at the track at some point it might be a, a little while yet but we'll be back and um biggest thing is we all got to just beat this don't we yeah that's right the more See seriously the we take it now the quicker we'll just be over and done with it really yeah you so. know the the more we the more we sort of mess around and the more it's just going to be an issue for us so South Australia ran their uh, road champs yesterday. I saw so, that. So look, they're, they're yeah, getting back bit to jealous, it. Bit yeah, jealous, I but I know. And look, they might get their second wave. We just don't know. I think we've just got to, you know, take each day as it comes. And yeah, and that's we'll the thing. That. You don't know. We just got to be um, very careful. But I guess this podcast, episode. this podcast, up uh, episode nine, and we'll look to do ten, which is a, you know, we thought let's do one and see how we go, Boris, but. Um, that's right <laughs> people are listening right. so we'll, we'll keep doing it but shout out to all of our listeners and um, everyone who's uh, enjoying it always reach out if you've got any suggestions or um, yeah recommendations yeah just give a special shout out to my brother-in-law Richard Barker as well uh, he's also at home sitting at home injured from a, a bike crash so yeah, right. maybe it's maybe it's something in the the, uh, the unconnected bloodline I guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, shout out to him and shout out to yeah all of our other listeners i mean we're getting um yeah 40 40 50 listens of uh, an episode so um yeah look we'll, we'll keep doing and we we enjoy putting them together so uh yeah thanks again and um uh, without further ado we can probably get into this week's episode uh we've got a special guest joining us 
Yeah, very excited to have this guest. He's um, a true champion of the club. He's a, a national record holder. He is. Some, some people might not know that. And uh, at the ripe old age of, at, oh, I think it was 19 when he got that. Yes. So he's 20 now and yeah. 21 later this year. So um, no, he's a, very excited to have him gun. on. So let's, um, let's get into it and I'll, I'll, I'll introduce him. All right, let's jump in. Alrighty, this week on the podcast, we've got a guy uh, who's been with us for about 10 years. He started athletics when he arrived in Australia from Singapore when he was eight years old, over at Q Little Athletics and then coming over to Doncaster Athletics, uh, joining Doncaster Heights. He'll be uh, an early age of 21 years this October. Um, he's got some stellar PBs in the 800 of 156.69. He's got the Singapore national record uh, in the 1500 uh, with 351.10. And he's actually run that twice. So he's broken the national record uh, twice. He's got a 3K PB of 8.35, a 5K of 15.18, and he's also got a 10K of 31.18. Uh, and he's very, very close to the national record of 31.15. Um, he's also got a half marathon PB, which we'll get into a bit later. Uh, we welcome Chow to the podcast. How are you, mate? Hey, good. Thanks for having me on, boys. No, Thanks that's all right. On. Thanks for coming, yeah. No worries. So uh, let, let's um, let's take it back. I think um, an interesting journey for you. How did how did you get into athletics, uh, and how did it all start for you? So I came here uh, when I was eight, obviously, as you just said. Yeah. Uh, Dad was reading a, a bulletin or something, and uh, I just saw the ad for Q Little Laughs on there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's uh, that's interesting. And I, before I came here, I was not a very active kid, right. but I was just kind of bored over here. Uh, so I was like, yeah, uh, see, see how that goes. And my dad initially was like, my kid's gone crazy pretty much because he, um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, he, he never thought of me as an active kind of kid. And he was, right. he was initially going to deny me. He was initially going to be like, look, chow, <laughs> let's, let's be honest here. But, um, I think uh, it was good that he gave gave me a chance, and then and then from there it just yeah took off. Basically joined the club and that. So how long were you at Q Little Ass before you came over to Doncaster? I think it was two years. Okay. So we were renting at that time, um, right? Renting in Baldwin, right? And we moved around in Baldwin a fair bit, yeah, yeah. And then you joined um, Doncaster Heights, which is where I actually started as well. Uh, there's five or yeah. six clubs that. DLAC and um, and that was one of them. So you 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 did little ass and then you've come all the way through the ranks to seniors now. Yeah, that's right. So with Q little ass, they don't have a they don't have a um, senior team as well, which was good. So joining Doncaster like allowed me to like have that progression rather than going into a different club. Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 But yeah, it was good, and I and I love it in Doncaster. I it's honestly one of like. Compared to Baldwin, I've, I've, I've been like, I, I enjoy living in Doncaster a lot more because I'm quite fortunate to live close to the track and Ruffy Lake and all that. Yeah. And um, this is a 907 that goes straight to the city, so the bus. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a win, you know. <laughs> so things like that, I enjoy Doncaster, yeah. The, the bus is, I mean, um, I, I grew up just around the track as well and, and, and we're all too familiar with the old bus into the city. And I think Boris we all grew up on the 907 or the 908 or something yeah. like that down Blackburn Road into the city and... Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it'll, get a train, it'll get a train one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, when it does, that'll yeah. be a dream. 
it's uh, real at some point. So with, with, with that journey through, I mean, ever since you came to the track or, or as long as I can recall you, you were, I mean, through your junior days, you had a fair few state titles and um, you've come through in the last few years to under-18s and, and 20s. So you're obviously loving athletics, but um, where did you think you sort of took that next level and you thought I could be, I could be half, half good at this thing? Oh, I don't, I don't think I've ever done, I don't think I've ever really noticed that. It was just like when I was younger, dad used to run a fair bit because yep. he, um, he used to run a lot in Singapore, done a few marathons and that. And so I just followed him yep. and uh, there was, there was these runs that we would do. So he, he'd run down to Box Hill uh, from Bowen and I'd just join in and uh he, he was a pretty funny guy with his running. Um, he would go down to Box Hill and there would be this there was this tree um that had like cherries on it. Um and so on the way he noticed it the first time, I think, and then he was like, Oh yeah, we gotta go. He's like, We gotta go now and we gotta collect some cherries, right? Cool. So he goes and he runs down. <laughs> it, it's like an empty plot of land. I think some nobody lives on it or something. And it's just like got this one tree in the middle. It's kind of like down Whitehall's Road. Right, yeah. It's not there anymore, but it used to oh, be. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so he ran down there and he, he didn't bring a bag or anything with him. So what he did was he just like picked these cherries off with his hand and he put it in his singlet and he tied it up like that. <laughs> and he'd run, <laughs> he'd run all the way home with this freaking bag of cherries. And so uh, he, he enjoyed it in a, in a sort of different way, I think. Yeah, just, well, cherries aren't cheap, mate. Yeah, that's right. to Box Hills, not like a, a short run. That would have been pretty far for you as a kid. Yeah, so we used to do some pretty insane stuff because I think Dad never really, he never knew like, so a lot of times there would be like the cute, the cute little laughs, like the coaches would yeah listen to what he's been providing me or uh, what he's been telling me to do. Mm. And they would be like, mate, that's, that's too much for a kid. Because... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because he would pick, he would pick sessions off Google, big Google fan. Yeah. Searching, <laughs> oh, best, best sessions for 1500 meter athletes or best sessions for 800 meter athletes. And then he'd be like, oh, ciao, you want to try this? And it'd be like 16 by 400. And I, <laughs> I would get down to the track as this little kid and be like, oh yeah, today I got 16 by 400. And the coach would be like, what? Like, you're going to be insane. <laughs> So there was this one time when like you could just see it in their face, just pure like disbelief, you know, of like, what's this kid doing? So I think it was just my dad kind of just like, I never really thought, oh, I'm going to make it in sport. I was just like, just doing it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I think, I mean, G Jim's always down at the track and um, encouraging you and, and look, you, you've trained a lot, of, but it's, it's, it's helped. You've, you've come good. You know, you've really had some great results and, you know, 351, no doubt you'll probably break 350 in the next couple of years. So that's, um, and being a Singapore national record, that's, that, that's a big achievement to have got this year, yeah. started this year. Yeah. yeah, definitely big props to him for getting him to where, uh, getting me to where I am. Yeah, yeah no, good. huge support. Yeah. And uh, Chow, you're with um, Dave's running crew now, aren't you? So you've changed, you've changed coaches. Right, yes. So I've been... Run, a, run us through all your coaches too, Chow. Yeah, actually, yeah. while we're here. Sure. Dad used to be, uh, Dad used to be the main guy when I was young. Yeah. I don't want to miss anyone out. I don't want to be... Uh, <laughs> I don't, 
it'd be I'd feel very bad if I miss someone. Well, give it a go. Key little last um, key little last was uh, all the little last coaches, all right? Yeah, yeah. Dog cast as well, yeah. and then um, and then I went to Daniel Clark. He was at least the main guy that helped me a lot when I was younger. Yeah. So da- Daniel Clark was I think he's with uh, he used to train with Ken, who's from Sydney, which is yeah. the coaches. I think Ed's with him. Oh, I'm not sure what the situation is now, but I know that Ed used to be training um, with them and yep, he would right. get the program from them or something, something like that. And then yeah. he would just... I think Eddie... Eddie uh, worked, yeah, so Clark, he was with Johnny Ma at, at Box Hill um, and then he went up to Ken Green, which is out of Sydney. And then also Eddie went to Ken Green as well. And I think, I think Clark is part of NFL now. So I don't, I don't think he's running <laughs> right. anymore. But, um, but no, nah, he, he helped you out there for a bit too. Yes. So yeah, uh, he was huge. Uh, and I really enjoyed training with him. Uh, just yep. the three of us with John Portwood. John right. Portwood joined. Um, oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. it was amazing. I loved, I loved training with him. And he, got, he really got me to where I think the level uh, kind of set that base up. Yeah. Um, and then I hopped along for a few different squads. I, I trained with uh, Craig Mottram for a little bit yeah. um, just, and then trained with um, a bit with Jared and Tim, Jared Clifford and Tim. Yeah. And then finally um, went back to dad being in by myself. And you guys would have seen me by myself at the track a couple couple yeah. nights. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Some cold nights with you, top off. Yes, yeah, doing some mile repeats. Hardcore. If you're not, if you don't have your rigs out, you're not doing it hard enough. That's if you don't way. have your rig out in the middle of winter, <laughs> yes, you're not doing it hard enough. <laughs> so yeah, so that, and then now I found Dave. But um, what I find really interesting, I was because I've trained by myself and I've trained it in a group. Um, obviously, it's pretty obvious. Um, it's pretty obvious the benefits of training in a group, right? So you got your uh, social kind of interactions and then psychologically it's a lot easier and stuff like yeah. that but yeah, um totally. when i was doing I, I did a little bit of research about group training right just in my in my free time and then what i found was that so it's pretty, pretty obvious in a race um drafting is like a real thing you know like yeah. with Kip, kipchoge uh, yeah totally Obviously, he's got that five people in front of him and, and they're the experts and they know exactly what formation and all that. But I find, oh, that's that's quite cool. So I did did a bit of research and found this article that was like, they, they measured like 3K runners. Pretty good guys. I'm not sure exactly what the times were, but I'm, I'm, I'm suspecting maybe sub nine. Um, and so what they did was they, they raced them with a group and then they raced them by themselves. And what they found was that obviously um, they they perceived their um, their rate of uh, like of fatigue. They perceived their yeah. fatigue as less when they're in a group. But right. they ran they ran a faster time. So they ran an average quicker of nine seconds for the three k in a group. In a group, and yeah, right. on top on top of that as well, what's interesting is that um, the blood lactate. So that's the amount of lactic acid in the blood, right? Yeah. So that that goes up when you're doing anaerobic stuff, so high intensity stuff, and it, yeah. and it, it will go up in a three k race because at the end of the race you're trying to push yourself, right? Um, that was actually lower when they were in a group, right? Um, and and another guy did did a test on exactly how much drafting actually helps. So when you're running at two forty six per kilometer, 
when you're running at 246 per kilometer, you got your that the pace it, so you got air resistance, right? Yeah, air resistance is I don't know how they calculate it, but it's account, it accounts for approximately eight percent of the total energy cost, right? At 246 per k, right? So when you're standing behind one meter behind someone, um, it pretty much eliminates some of that air resistance. Yeah. And going at that pace, VO2 reduces. So VO2 is the amount of oxygen that you're cons consuming and using. Mm, yeah. Um, it reduces by 6.5% going at 246 per K. So it's quite significant in terms of if you're doing it in a race and obviously that's why Kipchoge's doing it like yeah sitting yeah, behind yeah. someone in a race could be doing you wonders and you mm, wouldn't yeah. even know it you know what I'm saying like mm. so and then I was like you know what like what happens if you did that in a, in a group right because in a group um in, in training sorry what happens if you did that in training because in training essentially you're trying to get the best out of your body like you're trying to push yourself yeah right? But so there's two things in training. There's an external load and an internal load. So the external load would be your session. So the intensity of your session, the volume. So they did an experiment and they got these guys to do um, four by 500 meters with three minutes recovery. Right. Right. So that's the external load. And then the internal load would be all the psychophysiological things that are happening in your body. So how you perceive fatigue how you're feeling basically yeah. Yeah. and at the same time how how hard you're working so in terms of heart rate in terms of all the other stuff like how much oxygen you're consuming all that that's all yeah. internal load right yeah yeah and it's the change in internal load that's pretty much going to cause all these chronic chronic adaptations and, and it's the reason why we train right because you you're pushing your heart rate at certain levels so that you can improve, you know, the function of your heart and all that, right? So what they found was uh, perceived exertion can be sort of like, it's kind of like correlated with heart rate. So how the rating of how you feel is kind of like similar to how high your heart rate would be. So um, using that, they, they got these guys to do the session by themselves and then they got these guys to do it in a group. Yeah. Um, and what they found in the group was their perceived exertion, so their internal load was reduced right. um, uh, so they, they perceived it less and on top of that their blood lactate again was reduced when they were in a group um, and they they assumed this was because of drafting um, and it could be a lot of psychological reasons as well like you know the fact that adding competition to your group adding competition like being in a group could have that psychological like influence on you to maybe like I don't know have like these um increase in i don't know adrenaline or something or some sort of competitive nature of a mm. human nature right yeah so uh it could be something to do with like psychological as well but basically uh i, I went and i listened to craig mottram have a talk one one time and he was saying how he trains to race and he doesn't train a race to train yeah. so essentially right. if you're if you're in a group right essentially you can run at a faster pace so you can have the same external load. So your intensity of your training session could be the same. Yeah. But your internal load could be reduced. So your 
essentially it's like true to what Motram's saying. You know what I'm you know what I'm yeah. getting at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So um in terms of that I found that really interesting. It's like being you don't really think about it when you train in a group, but the benefits of training in a group could be so significant, right? Yeah, yeah. massive. Um, so yeah, I found it really interesting, but, um, at the same time, I, when I went over to Japan, I went to race there, um, a couple of years ago. Um, I spoke to the, the 10 K world, uh, the 10 K not world record, the 10 K <laughs> national record holder. There. Yeah. So he's, he's a 27 year old. His name's Koda Murayama. Um, and he's run a 27, 29, 10 K. Wow. And I saw him training at the track by himself. So me and dad are real curious at the time because I was training by myself too. And I was like, where's your training squad? And he goes, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't train in the squad. Um, and his reasoning for it was because it allowed him to concentrate. Right. So, yeah. So once again, like it's, it's so training, right? Essentially all the time you're trying to be variable. You're trying to change it up. You know, yeah. you're trying to avoid monotony so you do an easy run then you do a session and then you do whatever five weeks yeah. or something right yeah. yeah yeah so essentially with group training you can you can do that you know so if one person takes the, the rep first and they have a higher load on them like they're working harder yeah. and then they sit back in the group and then they're working less hard you know mm -hmm. so you're changing you're changing and in terms of training that's quite interesting but when when you're training by yourself it's always pretty much hard just on yeah, your own. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, maybe that could have as well, like a benefit on your psychological ability to handle pain or something, you know? Well, they talk, I don't know if you've seen the, the NN running video that they put out, the speed workout that they just put out. Um, and then they talk about how when all those training groups, like the, the training group with Ali Kipchoge, they all run in one single file big single file long group of guys yeah and every time they do a rep the person in the front does a rep and then he goes to the back of the line and then the second person becomes the first person he takes a rep and then he goes to the back so mm. every single person is accountable for pacing one rep at least yeah, one right. rep. Um, and it just like holds everyone accountable and make make sure that the load is spread between between everyone and it also they were saying how it stops people from who may be feeling like a little bit better than other people from going around and like upping the pace unnecessarily. You can't, they, they don't like people taking over each other. Yeah. Taking, they just like, they, everyone just stays in their spot Yeah, and you just, you just got to run that pace. Like you don't go too fast. You don't go too slow. You just stay in your spot. You don't go, you don't go around anyone. I thought that's, that's quite interesting. So also it kind of like aligns with what you're saying, I think. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And I know Kipchoge is a real big fan and, and I think in Kenya, they, they're big fans of doing it as a team. Yeah. Huge fan. So you've done, big, you've big definitely, team done, training. you've definitely done your research. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I find it quite interesting. You know, a lot of this, yeah. stuff, um, a lot of stuff, but there's not really too much. And a lot of the um, population size is like, you don't, you know, there's not, not too many middle no. runners out there. No. So a lot of the tests are pretty small population size. So it's quite, I, I think it's not that significant because of the smaller, smaller population, like the yeah. smaller test group samples. Uh, but still, it's, yeah, it's still stuff that I'm quite interested in uh, just reading up about. Yeah. It's so, tough to yeah. find like a scientifically significant amount of runners that have run like sub 830 or something in one location, you know? Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, yeah. For it to be like scientifically significant, it has to be like such a large number that I just, I don't know if it, it's even possible in running. Exactly. Yeah. Especially yeah. at that peak. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going at. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's too hard to find the people where I can. But can... I think, I think the good point you make, Chow, is that, I mean, look, I've, I've done a lot of my own and then you do stuff with people in the track and, and athletics is a, is obviously a, um, you know, you're, you're on your own a lot, you know, you're racing on yeah. your own, but if you can train with guys and, and put you out of your comfort zones and also work off each other, uh, it can, can really be a team sport. And I think um, it's always good to get stuff on your own. Um, but you're right. You sort of, you, you're always going to be tough on yourself. So if you're training by yourself, you're going to say, right, I'm going to hit these times and it's harder, but if I can, and if I can do it on my own, I'm in good shape, which that's always good, but you can't do that. I don't think all the time. I think you've yeah. got to mix yeah. it up and, and do a long run with some guys that can chop you out. So, um, <laughs> so your, your training group now is doing that. You, you're finding the benefits. That's right, man. That's right, man. Um, so when I went to Dave's, Dave's running crew, they call it, uh, yeah. Dave, Dave's a Scotch coach, uh-huh. uh, in our, in our squad at the moment, there's about five guys that are all, all about the same standard. Yeah. Um, nice. Uh, oh, four guys, sorry, four guys and, and the other one's me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh. <laughs> um, so they, they run sub 15. So two of the kids, um, one's still in high school and the other one is just out of high school. Yeah. Uh, they both run sub 15 in the five. Um, and Ed Baisha and Harrison Carr, Harrison's running really well now, uh, but Ed, Ed's got a sub 350, 1500 meters. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, and Harry did in a recent time trial, he actually did a sub 15 around the, around the lakes, around Lakeside. So, on oh, the road. Right. yeah. So Crazy. he's, He's really fit at the moment. And when I'm doing sessions with him, it's just insane to, to, to try and keep up because he's just so fit. Yeah. That's good though. It keeps you, it, like it kind keeps of, you honest. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does. And training with people that are better than you is always a good way to, you know, improve your performance pretty quickly. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's because, because they push you that much harder, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's just like, um, I know that because about a couple months ago, I, I used to be smashing him in sessions, but his his rate of progression's just gone. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's just improved so much, um, which is really good to see. So the squad's doing really well. But the funny thing about the squads is sometimes, you know, after um, there was a corona, the whole corona issue, yeah. uh, and it went down to lockdown. So we ended up being two people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the team chemistry was just gone. I reckon team chemistry is quite important in terms sure. of running. Yeah. Effort, you yeah. know, like yeah. so when you're starting, yeah, you don't know where you're supposed to be. And, yeah. and there's no kind of like ranking in terms of where you should be sitting or, or how quick you should be going. And everyone's just all over the place. So <laughs> first session back from Corona, <laughs> the guys that I train with, they're actually pretty funny because they're just so competitive. Um, and and it can be a good thing because they push themselves, but at the same time, sometimes it can it can go a little bit overboard. And I think yeah. they they know it. And uh, but it's it's still funny because I, I sit I, I'm a I'm not that competitive in training, and I kind of sit back and just let it all happen in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the first session we were just doing uh, on the Red Bridge, you know, in Q, so yeah, yeah. underneath next to St Kevin's. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one. So we're yeah. doing a, a session there, a 600-meter session or something. 
And all of a sudden, mid-ref on the first breath, this guy, I'm not going to name names, but this guy <laughs> comes running, dashing through, you know? And I was like, what? everybody's like, what are you doing? And it was, just, it was just this, I think he just needed to show, look, boys, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here to, to push this session. I'm here that, and I'm fit and I'm ready to go. That's exactly right. I, I, don't count me out of this one because uh, I think, yeah, but now it's, it's a lot Oh, it progressed to be a lot better. And now I think the first session back after this whole lockdown business, is going to be quite interesting again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's always those last reps that, um, you know, if they come out guns blazing in the last rep, you know, they haven't worked hard enough, I don't reckon. That's right. That's right. I got, yeah. Well, there was another story. We were on an oval actually doing mm. a 400 meter session. And I come up to this guy because they are so competitive. I have to be real careful with them when I come up on their shoulder. Because if I go up to him, mate, the, you know the pace is going to increase. Yeah. So we're on the last rep. Yeah, that's when you got to drop him, though, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you got to drop the big 55 bomb. Yeah. 54 bomb. <laughs> but no, I don't deal with that business, man. So <laughs> I, I come, I, in the last 200 meters, I come up to a shower. I'm like, mate, don't worry. I'm just here to, I'm just here to, I, I just want to finish strong. Yeah, just don't yeah. worry about me. Person <laughs> B comes flying by, I'll just call him person B. Person B goes flying by and he's like, well, you don't want to, person A goes, well, you don't want to race, but person B does. <laughs> so in the last 100 metres, within the last 100 metres, I kid you not, I, I, they dropped me about 20 or 30 metres and it was like a full bolt sprint in that really? last rep. And I was like, oh, mate, that's what I mean by when, I, when I'm in this group, I just see it all unfold. <laughs> oh, well. it's just hilarious but it's good you know as long as you're a part of it which sounds as though you are yeah. which is the main thing so well you know funnily enough what we were talking about before um off camera about how i was saying that uh when i watched your 351 51 the first time you broke your national record you looked like you were just cruising it in over the last sort of 50 40 meters maybe if you were doing those sprint finishes those hero hero last reps you'd be uh <laughs> you'd be closing a bit harder <laughs> In the last 50 meters you know, yeah <laughs> you know maybe i should start getting involved just the uh, the hero last that the hero last rep yeah getting way too deep for the last rep <laughs> yeah see I, I don't believe in that though because it's, no. it's, <laughs> that's it's, when you get injured definitely when you get injured exactly cool. man and there's theories of like oh, not theories but like some coaches talk about how some of their athletes that train that train um like they train when in training that they're less they're slower than some of the other guys yeah but in racing they pull out these performances that are yeah. like crazy yeah yeah and it's just this idea around how you shouldn't really be pushing yourself to the limits no, in your it sessions should be like 80 to 90 percent yeah never yeah. yeah so like especially in intervals and that it's so yeah. easy to just let loose but um i think if you hold that composure and I don't know the, the science behind it, but yeah, it's just some, some I, I believe in that kind yeah. of theory. So. But you know what's funny though? Gallon Rupp, he's famous for just pulling out absolute miracle last reps. Right. Like yeah. crazy. There's the one that's been quite popular is where he set the, was it the two mile national American, record? American, American record. record, yep. And then he ran on uh, 60 minutes after the, he ran the, the national record. He uh, ran four by mile off 90 seconds. And I think he ran a four. It was sub four. four. It was no, sub four. It was, four, it was four, four thirties. 
two four thirties, a four eighteen, and then he ran like a four oh one. Wow. Uh, just like massive. <laughs> that'd be that, like Yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah, you go. No, off, I was off just off ninety say. seconds like off ninety seconds rest after running the fastest two mile time in American history. That's like ridiculous. It's one of those things with last um last rep wonders. I mean, I don't, I don't mind them. It depends how good you feel, but at the same time, you've got to think, you know, this is another quote. I think I might've said it on the podcast, but the, the day before and the day after are, are, are just as important as the day you train. So that's right. You know, you, you've got to look at what you've got next and, and what you did yesterday too, because you can overwork pretty easily. So. And then the next day, and day after it is complete write-offs. Mm. You, know, you end up just getting junk case. Yeah. yeah. What's your week looking like, Chow? Talking about, you know, your load at the moment. So the plan was 120K weeks, and I did that for about four or five weeks, man. And yeah. then I uh, just started getting niggles in my knee, niggles yeah. in my calf. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up just pulling it back two weeks ago. So it dropped down to 80. Um, and then last week was, uh, this end of this week was 90. So. Um, I spoke to one of my friends, which was actually quite good. Um, he was telling me about how he saw Jen cars or something getting on the bike um, yeah. and doing it as that kind. And I, I was like, that's quite interesting. And he started doing it himself. So um, luckily, my coach ended up having a spare wind trainer or a wind trainer that he doesn't use. Yeah. So um, I've just started that. So we'll try instead of doing doubles, um, instead of doing doubles uh, with the running, I might yep. just try it on the bike and see what happens. Just try are to maintain. Are you going to do equivalent time? So instead of a 30-minute jog, say Wednesday night, you'll just hop on the bike for 30 minutes? Yeah, well, it's, it's well boring on a bike, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, sitting on a trainer, it, time passes extremely slowly. Yeah, you got to put up something to watch or something. So yeah. uh, I've been trying to do an hour. But the it's, last time... It's, I, an hour on a trainer is a very long time. Yeah. An hour jog. Yeah, you're right. you're right. Yeah, so I, I I I did 30 minutes the other day, and I think an hour is the aim. But we'll see what yeah. happens. You got to make sure you get you some bike shorts as well, some proper with padding, or else you're going to be in pain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know Mount De Boang or something. Mount De Yes. Yeah. Out past Warburton. Yep. I've Nathan got is very familiar with that. You you go up it. Yeah, I've gone up it. Yeah. Far out, man. A long way. What a tough course. <laughs> You've um, done it, have you? I did it with, so my girlfriend, um, she, she, her brothers are on cycling. They're part of Trinity squad. Yeah. And she, um, they, um, they're, they're like 12 year olds, 13 year olds. <laughs> and they towed you up. Holy crap. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm cardiovascular fit, man. I'm going yeah. to be able to go up this easy. I get on my road bike. I'm in, I'm in shirt, shorts. No bike shorts, bare <laughs> shorts. I, I don't even have gloves because I was like, you know what? This is going to be easy. 17Ks, I do it on my weekend. <laughs> I get up on, I get up half, halfway through the start, the start. I'm like, this is all right. We're doing well. We're sitting on the wheel of all these boys and I'm like, surely one of them is going to drop off soon. One of them does, but there's still five of them. Yeah. We get up halfway and I'm like, oh, it's starting to hurt. <laughs> I'm like, it's a burn you're not familiar with when yeah. you run. It's a very yeah. different type of pain. 
extremely different. Extremely <laughs> different. It's just this intense in your quads. Yeah. <laughs> and and I got my jacket on and it starts. I'm off. I got my jacket <laughs> flapping out. I'm like, this is oh, this is really hard. And then by by literally the last five k's, these kids dropped me like no really within yeah. It was just so quick they dropped me, and um and I swear to God, in the last about two k's, I had to get off my bike at one point because. I, my legs could not pedal anymore. We've and all I, been there. We've, it's all, relentless. we've all been there. It's it relentless. relentless. There's yeah. been times where I've, there was once I went out to, um, not Park Orchards. What's, what's the one the, in 20? Danny, no. Uh, the, the, the climb past Park Orchards, past Christmas Hill, uh, past that way. Um, oh, jeez. Um, big not 10K the, climb. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's, it's escaped me. Anyway. Sun Hill. Right, yeah, it's about a 10k climb, and I it was the first time I've ever done a century on my bike. I remember I was I was great on the way out, probably went mm. a bit too fast, and then on the way back, there's this big steep road that takes you back to Park Orchards, and then we were going to go Park Orchards, work our way down to Doncaster Road, and then just come huck it home. Oh, not Mount Pleasant. Not Mount Pleasant. Not as far as that, I think. A bit closer. Yeah, okay. Sorry, go on. Anyway, anyway, and on that hill coming back into uh, Park Orchards, and I was only maybe 15K from home. I just wanted to throw my bike over the fence and call an Uber. I was done. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, That's what riding does. I wasn't prepared. And it just, it, there's just nothing, there's nothing other else you want to do when you're in that pain yeah. to just to get off your bike and just throw it, just spit the biscuit. Yeah, no, you can do that on the bike. It's, it's, it's one of those things with riding that it just, it grinds at you. Like you yeah. do two, three hours on the bike and you just, it, you, you're in, you're in a world of pain. It just does kill you. Whereas I feel like running when you, when you're hurting, you just back off just that fractional, just fractional backing off. And you know, a little bit after that, you're like, all right, I'm back. I can, I can go mm -hmm. back into grinding, but cycling when your quads give out on a climb, you've got nothing. <laughs> you just feel like you're going backwards. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely. So you're gonna you're gonna do, you're gonna you do that, Chow? Um, do yeah, I'll get on the bike, man. But I, I was gonna ask you guys get hungry as well when you're cycling, or man, oh yeah, massively. That's massively. what you. You can't stop eating. The whole point of cycling is just hitting the cafe. Yeah, <laughs> hitting the cafe, getting a coffee, getting a muffin every what? If I think it's every twenty five k you ride, you have got to hit the cafe at least once. I think that's the the rule. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, um, I did it. Yeah, go, Sorry, on, go. I did a 60k ride the other day. Or oh, the last 10k is all I could think about was what I was going to eat. Yeah, Northern Australia. That's very good. It just well, takes too long. Riding. Just yeah, takes it too does long. take too long. But this is probably a timely reminder for everyone: uh, when you're riding in the wet, be extremely careful not to slide yes. out, so you don't end up like me. Um, just Tell take everyone, Boris. Get the tram to work. Don't when it's raining. Don't ride to work. Uh, I was unlucky enough to come off my bike two Mondays ago mm. and did a bit of a nasty fracture to my, oh, I can't, I can't say the exact bone cause it's about 20 words long, but essentially it's my <laughs> the, the cheekbone complex of my cheekbone. Um, and it's, it's not very pleasant breaking the cheekbone and having to eat soup for six weeks. And up and, and goes. Yeah. Up and goes soups and yogurts have been, all I've been Jeez. having on protein shakes as well. That's it. It's not very pleasant. So please, everyone, uh, be careful. Public announcement. Take it very easy when it's wet out and you're riding. Very, very easy. Yeah. 
Good, good call, Boris. Yeah. And ho- hopefully you're back running. I think you'll leave the bike at home for a bit, I think. Yeah, I won't, won't be on the bike for a while. Although it's getting new grippier tires on, so we'll see. Good, good. good. We'll see. So, um, yeah, so Chow, you're probably, what, at about 80K and you'll, you'll see how you go over the next couple of weeks with some riding. Yeah, try to get it back up to 120, that's a, man. That's a good way to do cross training. Yeah, that's good. A lot, lot easier on your body cycling. Definitely, yeah. See how it goes. So, so, yeah, go, Boris. I reckon you're going to say the exact same question as I'm going to ask. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask, um, well, how's everything else going other than running? You know, you, you just finished your exams now for your second last year of, sorry, your first, your last year of uni? Second last year of uni? Second last year, yeah. Second last year. And you're studying physiotherapy, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now, so, how's that all going? Interesting. Has it been doing that with... Um, while being at home without being able to, you know, get hands on at uni. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, um, they, they kind of screwed us over because of that. I mean, Corona screwed a lot of people over, but um, we got a lot of practical involved with our, yeah. our learning. Um, yeah, so yeah. we weren't able to do that during the semester. So what they did was they did a two week intensive block um, when the restrictions became easier. Right. Uh, so I've, I've had one week off uh, uni since the start and I'm, I'm about to start tomorrow again in, oh, into theory. yeah and some people are going into placements but I got theory first so um yeah it's, it's pretty hardcore man it's just I think my brain needs a break pretty soon <laughs> yeah definitely. uh but yeah um in terms of that uh it's interesting physiotherapy it's um it's it wasn't it's it's a lot more than what I thought it was going to be yeah. Um, when I'm just doing a lot of the theory stuff, it's it, it gets pretty boring. It's um, it's a lot to do with like you know the human body and all these uh terminologies and med- medical stuff. And I was like, I don't know whether this is for me. But uh, two days ago, or this week, the previous week, I went into hospital uh, uh, just as a pre-placement kind of thing in Appworth. Yeah. Um, and I got to see you know a little bit about what the hospital was like and. It was like something that I was like quite interested in once I actually got into it. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, it's one of those things that I was like, I think a lot of people say you never really know whether you're going to enjoy a course until it becomes quite hands-on, I guess, mm-hmm. or yeah. until it becomes a real thing. And I think yeah, it's really, definitely. yeah, it really applied for me, I think, because I'm like, oh, it's, it's finally able to apply it to a real person rather than this person that's acting on Zoom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot different. So, uh, yeah, I enjoy it a lot more now, yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, now you've got another... You start tomorrow and now you're, you're back on for another three months. Yeah, so we got... Uh, i got two months of in, uh, theory and then I go into uh, placements. Right. Jeez. Hopefully, by then, you'll actually... Well, a physio is still open? It's physiotherapy. So, yeah, that's the interesting. A lot of physios actually work in hospitals. So, right. a physio is... Um, I think Wes Fargo could probably talk about this a lot, a lot more than me. <laughs> Wes Fargo is one of the Donny boys and I think he's opened up his own clinic now. He has, yeah. <laughs> um, so physiotherapy is a lot more than, uh, than what I even thought. So most of the time you think of a physio and they're like, oh, these guys work in uh, rehabilitation for athletes or whatever. Yeah, that's but, right. Um, the, uh, a lot of them work in hospitals for rehabilitation for like surgeries and all that. Right. So it, it, it goes through uh, cardiorespiratory physio and then you got your muscular physios and then you got neuro stuff so people who've undergone like strokes and stuff 
just the rehabilitation and safety and just trying to put in these um, sort of like measures or, or things to do that prevent other sort of things that could happen. Yeah. So it's a lot to do with rehabil rehabilitation and ensuring that the people are safe mm. uh, rather than I think what I used to think was physiotherapy is you go there and they diagnose you with what you got and then they and then and then off you go with your rehab program i think it's a lot yeah. more than that yeah. yeah if i think about physio it's always just strictly being sort of sports based for me yeah exactly that's, that's the same like, you know in my mind of what a was what a physio does that's great and, and is there any sort of area that you you're pulled to now that you've kind of been to the hospital and sort of uh, i think you know, i like yeah i like the the sports side of things so yeah i prefer the uh not so much the breathing stuff and neuro stuff but i haven't really uh tried it out yet so yeah that might yeah. change when you're in there that's that's true and yeah. now on a um on a bit of a pivot this is quite a big pivot but what are your uh what are your plans for the rest of the year and what did uh have you made your mind up i guess on where where you're going to be calling home i think is <laughs> probably the best way to ask that question oh this this question's a hard one you know um I can't, I can't say that out loud, you know, but uh, decision-wise, it's, um, it's still up in the air, really. I don't, yeah. don't really have a... I can't really say what it is. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's quite a tough decision to make between going to Singapore, staying in Singapore, uh, going to Singapore to do service or staying in Australia. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, it's, it's a decision because Singapore, small country, um, yeah, very humid. Quite tough to train in. I've been there once, and it was tough. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, it's a small country, so there's not really you don't get parks like here in Victoria. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be difficult to train over the two years, and on top of that, especially while doing service, it, I feel like it would be quite difficult to have the energy and time to still train at such a high level. Yeah. Exactly. And they got two months of uh, basic military training before, so that's just full time. Yeah. You're so not tell, allowed to. Maybe tell the listeners just briefly, so you've got to do a two-year service, don't you, Chow? Yeah. So, I mean, my status at the moment is um, I'm Singaporean and Australian. Yep. Um, and I got until the age of 21, so that's in October, turn off 21 in October. Yep. Yeah. Um, and... At that point, I got to decide whether or not I want to stay Singaporean by doing service, uh -huh. or drop it and become just Australian. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the decision is because Singapore is it. It will just give me so much more opportunities in terms of my running. Yeah. Um, competitions. There's all the Asian stuff, and then there's a lot of more like I guess uh, money or or incentives when you, I'm yeah. running in Singapore compared to, yeah, totally. like all, well, you've all the got, records. you've already got the 1500 meter record and you're about three seconds off the 10 K record. So yeah. you'd be in, you'd be in a good position there. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot easier to make it in Singapore in terms of my running, but it's just this two year sacrifice. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, still, still oh, well. uh, thinking about it, I guess. That's yeah. all right. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll work through all that, but, um, now, it's interesting to sort of, I mean, understand some people won't know that, you know, that's what you've got to do. And um, yeah, it's, it's a big decision and, um, you know, you'll work through it. 
Definitely yeah, a bigger yeah. decision than I was making when I was 21. I can say that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's like running is, is one of those things that I like. I have a lot of respect for the professional runners because this, as a runner, it's one of those high pressure jobs, you know, because a lot of it's based on performance, right? Totally. Um, incentives and all that come from your performance and, and whether you re-sign with things or stuff like that. It's all based down on literally like in a 1500, three minutes of racing, right? Yeah. yeah. So in terms of high pressure jobs, you know, I think running is one of those things that you're training every day and then you only got this one moment to kind of win it or just completely mm. bomb it out. Right. Um, and in terms of that, I don't, I don't believe because obviously sport it's based off views. Um, a lot of the, you know, where the money goes is based off where, where the, I guess, where society places, uh, you know, their, their interests, right? Yeah. And I think run, running is one of those things that not many people, especially middle distance, not many people just watch, um, consistently. Yeah. Um, and so in terms of that, you know, you put in all this effort and you put in all this time. And of course it's a lot of, uh, individual aspirations and whatever, but, the reward for having such a high pressure thing, I feel like it might might not be like as bene like as beneficial as you you, you kind of get what I'm trying to get going yeah, towards. Totally. Yeah. Like for such for something that you're gonna dedicate so much time and so much pressure when you're going overseas to try to compete and all that. Yeah. It's just that that um yeah, it's just that the the incentives might just be it's it might not be the life that I'm kind of chasing. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, so um, it's, you might it's get more. Is. You might get more personal reward. You think working as a physio, and sort of yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm more of a just like I kind of like to chill. I don't really like that big pressure behind me. And I know yeah. some people can do that, and that's what makes them great. But for me, it's just one of those things that I have to kind of think about as well. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, you haven't officially raced the half, but I think the Singaporean uh, record is a, a 66. 35 so you're not you know you, that's definitely within your reach if you wanted to get that as well and you've got then you got three under your belt you could have the 15 the 10 and the half you know that's very achievable yeah it'd be cool it'd be uh, it'd be really cool to achieve those things but yeah we'll see what happens at the end yeah. of the year, you know? Bo- yeah, yeah. boris you've um raised the fact about we we said we'd get to the half time, we did I, I think um we so might as well timely. bring it up it's we quite timely well- We've both got you uh, over the the half. <laughs> yeah, it's the one the one distance that we've got Chow covered. We won't we won't tell listeners though that we raced to get our time and Chow <laughs> got his half PB in a twenty five k long run. No, they don't need to know that. But <laughs> no, the fact but that we've got him covered. That's that's the important thing. <laughs> one to us. Yeah, <laughs> been waiting for one. Well, been waiting a while. What's the chances of a half, Chow? I don't think anytime soon, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm oh, 21, so it's pretty young. I know some guys like to do it, but I've I've never been the one for that nitty gritty racing. It's, it's long tricky. Distance. I yeah, did my first is. last year, and I've been it racing all weird. my life. Yeah, and it's it feels it's long. Weird. It's long. You yeah. kind of like you're just in it for so long, and you're not going like you're not going 5k hard. So it just feels you're like you're never quite sure if you're working hard enough, and you're just mm. on that like knife's edge the whole time of 
is this too easy? Is this too hard? Am I going to blow up in like 2K and not make it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a real strange distance. I'm definitely not used to running like hard over that distance. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Same. Yeah. I just don't know whether I'm cut, up, cut out for it. You'll, you'll, you'll probably do one one day and it sounds as though... Um, you'll you know, do one and you'll just clean us up. <laughs> <laughs> Until then. You'll wipe the, wipe the board with us. <laughs> Until then. Um, so do you get... Look, do you get back to Singapore much? Nah, so the last time I've been was because of my, my grandma's funeral. Yeah. Uh, it was about two or three years ago now. So not, not very often. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, when I mean they've got, did you compete in the Southeast Asian Games? No, I've never competed in that one. I've okay. done a lot of junior stuff, but not yep. not the Southeast Asian. Yeah. So that tell listeners that's sort of the that's their big games, isn't it? It's not just athletics; it's like a like a mini Olympics. Mate, it is. It's is like that a, like their equivalent of the Commonwealth? Oh yeah, Commonwealth. Yeah. yeah, I reckon even more than that, maybe. Right. Yeah, it's big. Right. It's big, guys. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so Southeast Asia comprises of, I'm not sure too many of the countries, but you know, you got Vietnam and all that around the local Malaysia and Thailand and all that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's huge over there. I think it's a, a lot to do with that, I guess, the pride between those countries in that mm. region. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just that maybe that bragging right or whatever. I don't know. But I know that, that there's a huge emphasis on it. So a lot of their goals, a lot of their their targets for their athletes are win C games or yeah. top three right. in C games. Yeah. yeah right. And it doesn't extend beyond that because they don't have <laughs> they don't have Stuart McSwain or something on their team, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. They're gonna they have got... Chow on their team. So. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, so I mean <laughs> C games is a realistic expectation, but anything more than that for a Singaporean, I think it's quite difficult to do it based on their circumstance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, oh, well, you'll work through all that. And, um, what, look, what can you pick off the top of your head? One of your favorite sessions? I mean, um, you're obviously he, doing, you did say 16 by 400 earlier was one of your earliest memories True. of the session. Is that your most favorite session? The one you no. picked out? <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty quick no. I like that. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, I've done an eight by, done an eight by one k uh, mm-hmm. around Donny one night, Jeez. and it was amazing. I'm oh, not yeah. sure what. Yeah, I'm not right. sure what, um, why or what I was doing that made me run so good, but there was this one night I looked at Dad after the first rep. It was something like two fifty five. I looked at Dad. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I feel so good. <laughs> and then and then I'm like, ah, oh, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. I go down second rep, third rep, around 256, 257. I'm like, geez, like I was I wasn't consistently hitting top three before then. Yeah. Like the previous weeks it'd be about three, three oh something. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, dad, I'm feeling so good. And then I'm like, I can't believe what's going on. And the average of that session ended up being like 255 for K. Well, yeah, wow. last rep. The last rep, I think I hit 252 and it wasn't even like Damn. I was puffing at the end. I just felt so good. So I think uh, in terms of, in terms of sessions, I'd say that, man. <laughs> Some guys, yeah. Man, yeah. In terms of a winter classic strongest. couple. Of yeah. Days. Yeah. Geez. Yeah. Um, K reps, I think are, are a classic. A lot of people do them. So yeah. 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 
off one minute. 255 average off one minute. That's, uh, that's pretty yeah, hot. It was hot. It was, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that session. Uh, not much else, really, I think. I, I, I'm not a big fan of heel sessions. <laughs> you uh, do a lot of them, though. Credit yeah. to you. You do a lot of heel <laughs> sessions for someone who doesn't like them. Yeah, you got to work on your weaknesses, man. Yeah, I think, um, I think Dave, Dave uh, is a big fan of it over winter, so yeah. it's, a, it's a good thing for me. Uh, really brings out, because Harry, Harry is a real strong hill runner. Yeah, and he and he normally leaves me in the dust. So that's a really good one for me to um, to kind of hold on and really just yeah. grind. Yeah, Put that strength up. Yeah, yeah. You are you do quite a lot of mile repeats as well, where you just go gradually get quicker, or you do like the third rep fast or something like that, or uh, maybe not intentionally. Yeah, I think right. sometimes naturally it just happens. I think maybe in the squad. Um, right, right, right. But we try to keep it consistent, maybe. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it, sometimes it picks up, yeah. Everyone gets a bit excited. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. If someone's feeling good, then that's what generally happens. And you'll feel it in the session. You'll feel the pace go quicker. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this guy must be feeling good. Yeah. Well, and that's what it's just... like running with Nathan. Oh, that's really? It's like, yeah, you'll be doing a wrong, you'll be doing a long run and you just mind your business and then Nathan just kicks out of nowhere and then it's on oh you you got if you feel good you get to go you that's go right out. that is right and he's he got me a lot nathan, running with nathan's got me a lot fitter i'll say that definitely even oh, when i was sort of half running half not running during exams i still kept my fitness up pretty high thanks to oh, nathan. So, well, thanks for coming out which will hopefully get you back yeah a few more weeks this COVID, but um yeah. it's all happening so with, with all that what what's next for you chow what's um you're just training through this period. I mean, it's hard to pick. There's no races on. So um, what's your coach and um, your squad? What's the plan? Well, yeah, I think a lot of us are doing our sessions by, myself, by ourselves now. Yeah. Especially with this freaking new law of... Um, Staying in your suburb. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. makes it hard. Makes it tough. I mean, especially on runners. Yeah. Because we, yeah. we tend to go out. If we're doing it with a session with someone else, we go in, or I do anyway. I go out of my suburb yeah. to do it. I like the boulevard. Yeah. Um. Uh, what's it called? The uh, Yarra Flats. Yarra Flats, yeah. not the. Boulevard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's a really good flat one k. You know. Yeah. Um. And now, now, yeah, we can't do that. So just staying well, it's, here. It's just know? tough on the long run. You know, you can only go, you can only do loops of your, you know, your neighborhood so many times. I guess to get your 90 minute or two hour long run. But I guess it's what we have to do to keep everyone yeah. safe. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of it. Yeah. So um, just see how, hopefully everyone everyone gets out of this all right. Yeah. I mean, it was good um, to see they announced that uh, you'd have to wear a face covering from Thursday. I'm not sure what the date is. but Yeah, so Wednesday night, days. I think, Boris. So Thursday yeah. night. Um, and it's good. They did mention that you wouldn't necessarily have to wear it if you're running, but they did still want you to have a cover, face cover with you so that when you stopped running, you could, you know, immediately cover your face. So that's, that's probably, mm. it's a good thing that they, you know, knew that runners wouldn't make sense for runners to run with a face mask on. because no. It gets so hot, but it's, you know, also good to note that you've got to keep that. You've got to keep a mask on you at all times, even if you're not wearing it. They'd, they'd be all right if they weren't that expensive. They're about four or five bucks to throw away ones. Yeah. Yeah, we've all, um, in my house, all of us have been 
contacting our mums desperately, asking them to uh, to sew us up some masks. <laughs> get some emergency orders in. Yeah. <laughs> I think all of our mums have actually come through, which has been quite good. But they are they are expensive, especially the ones with the valves, the good ones that expel the hot air. They are uh, they are very expensive. They're mm, like fifty dollars. Mm. Crazy. And I can only imagine the. Because of the demand, it's going to be like toilet paper soon, maybe. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Gonna <laughs> get out like hotcakes. Yeah. Oh, mate. Uh, but another thing, you know, those runners, because um, I know the first time, it was like I was in Singapore again. So there's a lot of people that go out in Singapore to do exercise. A lot yeah. of old people in the mornings. Yeah. And on the trails, there's like so many people uh last time yeah and i think it's i think it's starting to come back up again yeah um, but just some of these people just have no sense of yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah i ran i ran this morning and it was like dodgem cars i just could not get through it like they're just it's like anderson street on the tan but just everywhere yeah, everyone's just stressed. You're worse, but just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. And some people just have no regard for no. runners no, as well. They just. No. Um, but oh well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've done sessions on Anderson Park with the hills. Yeah. And yeah. and they would have the dog on the the side, the left side, and then they'd be walking on the right side. Yeah. And they'd see us. We're bolting at them. Yeah, and they just and look just at us nothing. like when yeah, it's just yeah. it just looks like we're just standing on the spot or something like we're yeah, coming because... towards you. Yeah, yeah. And you and your dog's kind of in the way. Yeah. And not, not not on the leash as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, stuff like that, you know, and especially if you're cycling on a trail, and you got people like that. Yes, yeah, it can everywhere. get pretty dangerous, I reckon. So. Yeah. Are you doing yeah. any time? Are you gonna what do some time trials, or are you just gonna keep training as a group? What's the plan? So yeah, they did a time trial. They did a three k, but okay. he did it by himself. Um, he ran uh, eight thirty by himself, Harry. Oh wow! So, yeah, he's he's really fit at the moment. Um, so I think just regular time trials, maybe once a month or every two yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah, nice. What's because, the, have you got one booked in? No, because I've had niggles. I'm like, no, uh, I'll just, right. I'll just I'll yeah. just see how it goes. You know? Yeah. yeah I don't think I'm fit at the moment anyway. I did the time trial around the lake lakeside as well. And I ran like fifteen thirty, man. I just I was doing well for the five k. I was yeah. doing well until about four k's, and I just hit something. Um, it was just yeah, not good. But I heard yeah, that that could be anything. That could have been hydration. It could have been you know not enough sleep or anything like that. I think you're uh, if you've been running, you know. 120s for four to five weeks and then just drop down to 80 and then 90 like you're, you're going to be fit you're not going to yeah. be unfit yeah training behind you but i was reading something about like nutrition in yeah. terms of like eating like bicarb have you heard of that stuff oh yeah <laughs> bicarbonate soda yeah oh uh, yeah, yeah. Right. something like if you it, I, I think it's only related to high intensity stuff though so like a lot of lactic stuff right that they, they have been like it's been shown to improve your ability to like get rid of like hydrogen with like well liver juicing or lactic this is something my mom used to do she'd mix bicarbonate soda with um apple cider vinegar because it oh. like it clears like the drains or whatever because if you do it you, you, if you if you do it when we get off the the podcast you see 
this is something listeners can do as well. It just foams up and then evaporates. So maybe that's the same thing. Maybe you have bicarb so and it reacts with the lactic acid and just disappears. <laughs> yeah, just maybe we're missing something, boys. We're doing it all wrong. Yeah, we're having the gels and doing all that stuff, but really you should just be, I don't know, putting down a, a spoon of bicarbonate soda, maybe. So the problem with bicarb, though, I think it it, it can cause gastrointestinal inte- intestinal like issues. So oh, you oh, right. like we might not do that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it, it just for, <laughs> for some people it could lead it leave them nauseous or uh, like yeah, not in a good state before a race. So they say right. to try it in training first, like right. uh, So I think I might I might give that a go. You know, it's quite interesting. I think. I'd take anything I can get in a fifteen hundred, right? Yeah, that's what you, you've got to. You've that's got to look that's at fair. Sunrise. It's such small margins, you know. You got to get, got to get your uh, your one percenters, I guess, wherever you can. Yeah, that's right. So maybe try out bicarb, man, Nate. Future plan. <laughs> <laughs> Future <Something>. plan is. <laughs> I mean, out of all things, it's a pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's a I bit don't know. Fetched, but I'm yeah, happy to it, give it a go. That, that's all right. <laughs> Maybe you um, can, yeah. it's interesting spending a bit of time on the bike. You can, you know, get yourself into fitness. And then when you eventually, the restrictions ease off, you can have a crack at a time at the one in 20. Yeah, that's What's the one in 20? One in 20 is a, a very famous climb in the Dandenongs. It's like the, the gateway into the Dandenongs. And it's, uh, oh. the grade is you go 20 meters long and you go one meter up. That's the grade. So six percent. That's right. Yeah, six percent. Jeez. So it's harder yeah. than the Donald. No, nah, it's it's easier. It's easier. Much Donald Brown is pretty hard. And it's it's only like how far is it? Six k. Six k. Yeah. Six k. Yeah. Oh, okay. You could probably run it quicker than you ride it though. At the minute. Yeah, so. wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But, um, Would not surprise me. But no, we might have to do that going forward, mate. But um, it's been great having you on today. We'll definitely yeah. um, we'll have to keep you uh, keep you in the loop, and maybe we can check back in once you've had your bike up. Um, yeah man yeah maybe maybe I'll run some pretty good 1500s and you'll know why <laughs> that's it <laughs> and it's time. awesome awesome for the club that they're getting uh, new lights as well I hear yes yeah. that's fresh off the press yes so yes. um yep new lights mate it'll be um we'll finally be able to see around the corners and on the back straight oh we'll finally the... be able to see the track yeah. <laughs> at night <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question Nate what's it going to yeah. look like the lights yeah, like um, in terms of placing where, where they're going to be placed. I there. think they're, yeah, good question. I think they're working through the, the tenders now. So it'll go out to a few lighting companies to provide um, their options. But I don't know if they were new, brand new poles to the I don't think so, Nate. I thought, I thought we were going on top of the current yeah, poles. Yeah, you might be right, Boris. So and we're just going LED. We're, we're aiming for competitions LED. Yep, yep. With... Uh, so that you can you can crank it up to the comp standard or just have it down on training. That's right. Whereas That's the right. other, I don't think you can do that on the other lights. No, you can't. It's just one one set. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah no, it'll be it we'll be hopefully be able to hold some mileless clubs and um, you know, see around the bends. But um, that'd be great. Yeah, that's Donny's a good spot. Donny's a great spot for comps, I reckon. Oh, yeah. It's just it's probably just like that, and that's probably yeah. And the we last for mileless, a it did get a bit dark. Yeah, and, it was uh, dark. It's a really help for the for the next ones when when they can go eventually, whenever that may be. And then the um, resurfacing resurfacing sorry is happening um, in the next couple of years too. So it might all come together, mate. Two years, two years, mm. three years. We're on. So is the lighting going to go like kind of different directions now? Go into the it'll just be heaps. It'll, it'll just be, be heaps brighter. better. 
yeah, it'll just be bright. Oh, right. In every way possible. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hopefully. It's much, much brighter. So it'll be good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I look forward to that, man. Someone to look forward to. That's it, right? Yeah, but um, hopefully, you know, you'll you'll be at the club for a few years to come, and um, you know, you've got a great head on your shoulders, Chow, and we wish you um, we wish you all the best um, the next couple of years, and um, we'll, we'll keep in touch, mate. Yeah, well, yeah. boys, I appreciate yeah appreciate being on the podcast. No worries. Uh-huh. Thanks for jumping on, Chow. You've been very very informative. Yeah, lots of sure. uh, lots of really helpful information for everyone out there. Actually, no, yeah, no, no worries. I feel like everyone listening hopefully learnt something today. I did. I, did. <laughs> I definitely did. Some bike up. Yeah. So <laughs> <there we go. laughs> All right. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for your time. Right. Thanks, boys. Good on you, mate. Keep training well, yeah? Yes, we'll be. Good on you. See you later. There you have it, Boris, episode nine, and um, Chow was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah, truly uh, just a wealth of knowledge that man has, so really good to have him on. He's keen, he's um, really well-rounded, he's, he's got a, a bright future, he's only 20 years of age, and um, look, if he sticks at it, which I'm, I'm sure he will, he's got the support around him, and um, Jim and his family, and um, yeah, exciting prospect. Definitely, I had no idea he was so young. Every time I've spoken to him, he's just seems so mature and he does. Uh, definitely has a, a good head on his shoulders, that's for sure. Uh, and we uh, hopefully he's a part of the club for years to come and um, it was great for him to join us. So um, that's, our, that's us for episode nine. We'll, we'll be bringing you episode 10 in a, in a couple of weeks and um, hopefully we'll get someone good on for that one. Yeah, hopefully we'll have something exciting. Again, don't hesitate to send through any recommendations. Yeah, we've got a couple of um, Feel free to contact us. Please feel free to contact us. Um, but yeah, looking forward to episode 10. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, mate. All right. Cheers, mate. Everyone, everyone else, listeners, stay safe out there.